Hi, David. Hey. What's, what's up, going? brother? What's Welcome going on, back. Justin? Good, man. It's been a while. Yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a while, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, this is a, a nice highlight during uh, quarantine. I like these little speakers that you got here for, uh, you know, to keep us safe. Yes, keeping the distance <laughs> through. This, you know, I figure this little microphone webbing can, can prevent us. Because it's a... Uh, you know, I enjoy doing the the zooms. The zoom zoom podcasts are fun. They're a lot more convenient, definitely. But yeah, it's still not the same energy as being in the room with somebody. It's definitely like a, there's a thrill, there's a um, an adrenaline that comes with you know looking you in the eye and tell, yeah, telling yeah. you Tom Holland's so much better than Tobey Maguire. He <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys have to know why he's saying that. <laughs> so, um, which which one was that? Where did Jay Bird fifteen or sixteen? We did a Spider-Man episode. We discussed the, uh, the we debated rather the uh, the merits and the uh, downsides to Spider-Man and the MCU and those various MCU connections. Yes, um, you'll definitely know what I think and feel about Spider-Man. That's actually that's beautiful that you're saying that because that just tells me like, oh yeah, I don't have to repeat myself. You guys can just go check it out. Right. Yeah. And then now is uh, available <laughs> along with the entire Words of Jaybird library on apple podcasts and spotify that's a new thing since you've been here um making it available to the masses so check it out please um but today mm-hmm. spider-man's gonna take a back seat <laughs> to a dc news like extravaganza man um and you probably like this is why i'm glad i have you here i was i've been waiting for talking to you specifically because Aww. you're like my dc man yeah you're like <laughs> mr dc in my life so thank you likewise man you know that's the thing it's you know i think i might have said this before and i'll keep repeating myself if you're a dc fan today in 2020 all the more props and power to you and that's why i think when you're a dc fan and you meet another person who's a dc fan it you know th- that already right there establishes like a a relationship because it's very easy to be a marvel fan of course i mean now credit credit where credit's due with marvel why is that yeah they're exactly you know what i'm saying they do shit pretty well yeah you know i mean you got avengers endgame and infinity war and you have all all their their whole 20 plus movies of what they've done to today so it's easy to be a marvel fan and rightfully so, you know, congratulations sure. to them. But yeah. when you're a DC fan and you've been through the trenches the last 10 years with everything that's been out, um, and you meet another DC fan, it's like, oh, yes. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and DC is like, it's almost as variety of opinions of, of fans as, uh, as Star Wars is almost, you yeah. know, with all the people that hate, they hate the one respective trilogy over the other or anything. Um, so yeah. now we're getting... The thing that's cool about Warner Brothers, which is something that I don't think the Marvel Studios would ever do, is they're putting out the Snyder Cut. Yep. It's I'm, like, I'm relieved. It is what a rare thing in this day and age where you can hope and pray for something to happen, and it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the in the how cathartic it is <laughs> to revel in the victory, this victory of getting this thing out after. For years, the vitriol of people online saying, ah, there's no Snyder cut. There's no such thing. Zack Snyder got pulled off the movie. Like, people were very sure, very respected, you know, like comic book movie pundits were very, very positive that this was never going to happen. So it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a small victory. Um, but hey, man, it's 2020 and I'm taking every victory I can get, bro. <laughs> 
you know, the thing is, I think with the whole Snyder Cut thing, it just also goes to show the speed of which all this stuff can happen through means of fans. Mm. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because when you compare and contrast this to the Richard Donner cut, because Richard Donner had his um, situation happen very similar with Superman 2. Right. And he got to release his Donner cut of Superman 2 uh, right around the release of Superman Returns. Uh, he pretty much had to use some scenes from the first one to paste it to the second one. So it was what it was. Really? He like pasted those yeah, he, pretty, scene, he like, pretty much well, yeah, he pretty much kind of he pretty much used the same scene at the end of Superman one as the ending for his uh, Richard Donner cut. Huh. Um, I mean, I don't there, think I've ever seen it. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. Uh, with the the Richard Donner cut. Um, there are some scenes that they switched around, and they had to use some of the uh, auditioning scenes from Christopher Reeve. Um, when he was auditioning with Margot Kidder, so there's uh. like a scene where you see Christopher Reeve, and he's like super thin. And then you snap to the next scene because of the cut, and then you see him like oh you know, wow, built up. so you can kind of see that difference. And then he's using like one pair of glasses different that are like completely different in one scene, and then in another scene that's completely different. So, uh, so that, and there was a lot of, and that's another thing too. There was a lot of fan support for that. Like there were a lot yeah. of people that were like released the Richard Donner cut back then, but I mean, no one has ever seen. Could you come a little closer? To you? Oh yeah, yeah. No one has ever seen. Um, a movement at this capacity for mm. it and i you know a lot of people will like to say oh well you know this rewards bad behavior here's how i look at it bad behavior with with, with fandom you know like um, everyone, you yeah, know, guess, like yeah, the trolls you know which i mm. get but you know like here's here's how i look at it there's there's more positive that comes from it than negative because you can finally fucking put it to rest right whatever it is right maybe it's good maybe it's horrible mm-hmm. but you know what we never have to fucking go through the barrage of, of that hashtag ever again yeah that's the thing about those movie those big movie decisions those what ifs that you know you always wonder like oh what if uh you know what if uh vigo mortensen wasn't uh replacing Stuart towns in lord of the rings or something you know there's footage of that that exists but that's a very small example but yeah very rarely do we see like whole movies like gutted in the middle of production and like turned over totally it's like a new filmmaker a new vision right. really because uh i mean for better or worse, Zack Snyder and uh, Jeff Johns, like their visions definitely are for DC seem very different, very yeah. at odds with each other. Yeah, uh, I've I've uh, I've read articles on Jeff Johns and and his approach to how he wanted to handle Superman, and I feel like Jeff Johns's approach to Superman would have been more traditional to what we're used to, as opposed to. Um, what Zack Snyder wanted to do with right. Superman. I mean, he was damn near Christopher Reeve in, in the Justice League movie that we saw. I mean, as close as Henry's gotten so far, at least. Yeah. See, that's see, that's the blessing and the curse of uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman mm-hmm. is because he's so legendary in that role that anybody who takes on that role, it's almost like impossible shoes to fill. You know? Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, variations and factors that I think that goes... Uh, that goes into that, you know, I mean, you know, is Henry, is Henry Cavill, you know, a good actor? Yeah, he's a good actor, you know, um, but, you know, the stuff that he's been in, like, with the material that he has, that's, you know, that's something else, so. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited 
Uh, almost, they say it's going to be either uh, possibly a four-hour director's cut or a um, six-episode miniseries, uh, like TV-style chapters, yeah. like half-hour chapters or something. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you prefer? Would you rather just, have a just, just four hour? It. No, just roll it. I don't. If it's four hours, just roll. Just yeah. Just put it out as if it was going to be the movie that was going to be in the thing. In the yes. thing. you know what I'm saying. Where yeah. it's like because I feel like if you're gonna release it in a four hour miniseries, it's it, in other words, I almost feel like in some way that is a compromise of what originally was going to be. You know, right. just put out what was going to be. But the the thing is, like, like I understand why they're talking like that because if you're Zack Snyder and you're trying to get your vision released mm-hmm. uh on HBO Max you know HBO Max from a business standpoint because at the end of the day it's funny because you know I'm reading a book on 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 the acting business and that's the thing that people forget it's a business you know right so with with that being said how is HBO Max gonna leverage that to get more subscribers i think it's it's really smart you know and here's another thing too by the way which to me this makes me very happy now um a lot has changed since we last uh spoke we did an episode i've i've read a lot more graphic novels but uh, i think we talked about this a little bit in the other room but actually i read crisis on infinite earths the Mm. graphic novel and i think when you read that you get a much better understanding of the dc universe like like knowing about the different earths and the different um, universes. So when you understand that concept, now another thing that I heard about too is they want to do, uh, did you hear about Justice League Rebirth? Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're comic run. Yeah, well, they're talking about a, a movie, like a Justice League reboot, uh. which to me, that's like, yes, like mm. that's what I want. That's going to be completely separate. Now, who knows if Pattinson's going to be involved in it, but it's yeah. going to be a new cast of Justice League members. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that I look at it with this, I think it's it's very smart, in my opinion. Because if it's true what I've heard about what the Snyder Cut entails revolving around Superman, which at this point I don't even want to say because it might be a spoiler alert, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for those people who haven't really read that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, I've heard about in the Snyder cut where it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Now, granted, there's other things that are in there that could be insurance, like the flash and the flashpoint and all that type of stuff. And then resetting the timeline. Okay. I get that. But if you're going to now, um, I, I, I know we were going to talk about this, but this goes back to Michael Keaton coming back. Okay. Um, I, I think, I just think it's brilliant because if you're going to bring back Michael Keaton, and you're going to have him interact or immerse with any of the characters going on today, mm-hmm. then you pretty much open the doors for the multiverse of everything that has existed cinematically in the past. Well, dude, they already kind of, they kind of already, I know you didn't yeah. uh, watch it, watch the whole, all the way through. Um, I know it wasn't your cup of tea, but the TV show, the TV crisis, CW's crisis, they, uh, that's essentially what they did. I would not be surprised. Like they have an Earth eighty nine in Crisis, and they they had the mm-hmm. the actor from the Gotham PD, who I think I read originally they wanted Michael Keaton, but they couldn't. They had no budget for that. Yeah. So, like that's already built in. They baked into into the into the universe now. Like they have they've established that they could all be connected, as well as having uh, Ezra Miller, uh, you know, appear in front of Grant, which was a, was a pretty cool moment. Did you see that? At least? Yeah, that was a pretty cool yeah. moment. Yeah, with with the uh, with the crisis on Infinite Earths, like yeah, like how you said, 
Um, I did see the first episode of Crisis, and I, mm. I just couldn't get, I just couldn't get uh, into it. Um, but I understand how Crisis on Infinite Earths, how that's a that's a big deal. But I ordered the graphic novel. Uh, it took me about a week to finish it. It's a very dense, super dense comic mm-hmm. book, bro. That is really dense, but. Uh, and the and the funny thing is about it is that the artwork is very it's very simple, but the writing is just so uh, it's so dense and who wrote it, that? Mar Mar Wolfman. Oof, I'm so glad I remembered. I was literally I almost had like a moment in my mind. I'm like, oh shit, I hope I remember. No, Mar Wolfman. Um, Marvel. Yeah, he wrote it. It's really good. Uh, very dense. Took me about a week, but it has like the different Superman in there. And so when you understand, different Superman. Yeah, there's like two. I think there's like two Superman like in that like uh, Superman Superboy? No, like Superman and Superman, like on different di- different Earths. They're, they're like different dimen- like different dimensions or different timelines. Gotcha. And um which is why like in the TV show there's the Tyler Hecklin Superman, Louis Brandon Ralph Superman. Yeah. So that it's kind of rooted, inspired from that. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that type of stuff, and then when now that you're bringing Michael Keaton back and you're trying to incorporate that concept based on that, mixing it with other stuff today, I mean, then it what that does is it there's an opportunity to validate the Snyderverse in what it is, which is not traditional at all. Mm-hmm. Which you know what that's cool. You know yeah. you gotta you gotta you know stir the pot every once in a while. That's why you get got. That's how you get stuff like Gotham by Gaslight. You know, you just gotta sometimes let an an artist just do their thing and try to make a discovery. Exactly, and so I think so. If you have that, and then if it's true with what they're gonna do, which I hope it's true, which they're gonna re- they're gonna have like a Justice League rebirth. It's like a reboot with like the like new casting of uh, Justice League members. Then, you know, you can start from there, continue from there, and move on in a way that will probably work. And at the same time, too, you can validate everything that came before, like with Zack Snyder's BBS Justice League cut. And we'll see what happens, man. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm just allowing things to be. You know, I'm not trying to to force anything. Just Bro, whatever will happen is what's gonna fucking. We're about happen. to see Zach. We're about to see uh, uh, Dark Side on the fucking big screen. Can we can we can get hyped about that a little yeah. bit, right? Like, yeah. that's a dude I remember from the Superman animated series. <laughs> just this big, bulky, badass motherfucker shooting eye beams. <laughs> At Superman, um, hell yeah! Yeah, Dark Side's the he's the... long overdue. They had a, from what I've known, because I, I don't mean to brag, but I have had a source on the inside of this uh, Justice League movie for since the beginning, um, who who had told me from the start he was with the production um, during the Joss Whedon turnover that there was a Snyder cut, it was not finished, but it existed, um, and he had confirmed with me that. Dark Side was was a part of it. Green Lantern, a Green Lantern that wasn't an alien, a human. He he doesn't know the specifics of the comics as much, and you know the people and the names. But he said there was a human Green Lantern um, who was in it, as well as a how Cyborg has like a whole you know story storyline. Yeah, I think yeah, Cyborg has a um, I think he has a very big part, and I think football I think game. Zack Snyder, I think he even said that Cyborg's the heart. Of yes, Justice League. Yes. Which, by the way, I I am I have read um, some of the the cyborg rebirth stuff by John Semper, 
who was the showrunner for uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series. Mm. He uh, wrote a little bit of Cyborg, and Cyborg is a really cool character, man. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I I feel like um, I feel like he's underrated. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff uh, in him as a character, and John Semperman. You know, I I love the way. I, I feel like he has a like a like a sense of romance because I see that that comes up in a lot of um, his stuff, like even like with Spider Man, you know, like there's a lot of like male female love dynamics and and the stuff that he does, and uh, that's just something you know something that I'll like reveal about myself that I don't really, I, I mean, this is kind of like you know like how we kind of do it in uh, acting class, like a personal reveal exercise. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I feel good. I'm actually going to say this, but I actually, I, David Michael Coker, I actually like romance. <laughs> oh my God. I, I like romance. I like, I think when I think about the comic book characters that I really love, like Superman and Lois Lane or Peter Parker and Mary Jane, um, or Batman and Catwoman, especially in Batman Returns. And, Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris at Green Lantern and Star Sapphire. I when I love I love that stuff, man. I I love good romance and uh, I used to watch uh you know some of the chick flicks that my sister used to watch growing up, like Never Been Kissed and all that type of stuff. Mm. And um yeah, uh, I mean there's some there's a lot of good stuff, you know, to pick up on that stuff, you know, from a guy if that's your cup of tea. And if it's not, that's cool too. Yeah, but yeah, who's cyborg with his? Does he have a side chick? Good question. So I think um, I'm about one. I've only read one out of the three volumes of cyborg, but I believe it's being hinted that there's a female cyborg. And I do. I think he has like a love interest. I think Mm. I don't know if she's a female cyborg herself, but but uh, but John Sipper really knows how to balance that stuff out. So that shows up like like that romance element shows up. Um, just like uh, in Spider-Man the Animated Series. Gotcha. Um, have you have you uh, had the chance to rewatch the Spider-Man Animated Series on Disney Plus? I have not. Okay. When that was one of the first things I did, by the way, when I got Disney Plus, I rewatched every single episode of Spider-Man the Animated Series, and um, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it ends on a cliffhanger. Are you aware about that? No. So it ends on a cliffhanger where um, Peter Parker can't find Mary Jane. He thought. He uh, he thought that he found uh, Mary Jane, but it was actually a, a clone, like oh. a, a, a aqua, like a water clone. And so he finds um, he tr- goes on a mission to find Mary Jane, and Madame Web uh, comes back. This is like the very very last episode, and she comes and she says, "I, I know where Mary Jane is. We're gonna go find her." And then it ends there. And they there was a script to to end the series once and for all and then it got canceled but the script exists and if you want to find it i think you can go on ebay i think it's like a 100 bucks it, written, <laughs> written by john semper no one's released it on online as a pdf yet uh it might have but um i think if you go to conventions i think i had a friend of mine who told me i think that that it was being sold for like 30 bucks at mm-hmm. certain conventions which if anybody has a script and you're at a convention i will look for you and i will buy it so whenever conventions get back I will look for that fucking shit. That's, it's on my radar. Wasn't Spider-Man Unlimited the continuation of the series, or was that a reboot? Uh, I think it was like 
I don't know if it's like a reboot or a retcon. I just think was it was like, just more of just. Was it the same cast? I seem to think I, I recall I've I've connected both those shows in my mind for some reason. Yeah, they're not. It's funny, like they're not really connected. That's uh. funny, but they but they're I think there's similar ingredients to that. Gotcha. But uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, we're um. Yeah, so I like romance. Uh, and cyborgs got side chicks. So we'll we'll see. I'm I'm gonna have to come back and report on that to see if that's true. I hope I hope cyborg cyborg deserves uh, some love. So. Well, he's gonna be getting a lot more screen time in this Snyder cut. Yeah. Um, you know there was at least a football game. Uh, his mother was a character that got cut out. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's also in the headlines for being no fan of Joss Whedon anymore. Uh, Ray Fisher. Um, very interesting. Um, to see an actor like go out and speak out against like a film like that, mm-hmm. um, well, not just not not a film necessarily. Speak out against a director more specifically. Um, I wrote down this quote. You want to hear it? Do you know? Sure. Do you know what he said exactly? Joss Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg accountability over entertainment those were his direct quotes Mm -hmm. it's like wow like that's the first major like feature film as well he's a stage actor um but you can tell probably like how personally he took it that basically cyborg's entire if cyborg was the heart of the movie if you've seen the theatrical cut of justice league and he's very he's i would not say he's the heart of the movie by any means no no he's not he's just he's just there yeah you know? and that's so, the sad thing and and I, here's the thing i've met ray fisher by the way oh for reals uh he's a nice guy uh, i'm sure i like, like I, nice guy. I like i like ray fisher and i wouldn't want to get on his bad side though no <laughs> no i th- i i can say he's a cool guy i've met him uh had a conversation with him he's a really cool guy um, as far as like everything else, like between, you know, Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, everybody has a side to their story. You know, he's obviously coming out with his and, you know, I mean, the good news is Snyder Cut's coming out and we're going to see, right. we're going to see him in how he was originally intended to be seen. So in all of that and, and think about it too. I mean, I, if you think about it, I actually think this is actually going to be a greater way to showcase. I mean, if if you really think about it, this is actually better because it's debuting on HBO Max. You know, like it's a it's a milestone. You know, it's, it's a, it'll be out at least finally. Yeah, and then we and can definitely in like. I mean, there was no universe where they're releasing a four hour version of this in theaters, right? So if we get this four hour version, like that's that's something cool, man. That's what. That's what at home cinema should be should be about. You know what? Fuck the limits. Yeah. You know we don't we yeah. don't need that anymore. We don't have to worry about yeah. having someone get antsy three hours in a theater. Scene. Wasn't wasn't the uh, the Irishman was like three hours and forty five minutes yeah. or something like that? Well, yeah, yeah. It's like I've seen bits and pieces of that. I was yeah. You know, it's funny because when I went to go see the Irishman, I knew that I had to see it in the theater because if I wasn't gonna see it in the theater, there's just no way I could just see it all the way through at home. So did you have a reclining seat? Uh, I didn't have no. I waited. I, I waited to the last last minute uh, to watch it. Um, I had to wait. I waited until uh, there's a movie theater, like a little boutique movie theater in Los Feliz that I saw it at, and uh, I saw it on a Sunday. And it was so funny because I knew it was like almost four hours long. I didn't drink water all day. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I need to take on this movie once and for all. So yeah. 
with the Irishman being three hours and 45 minutes, Snyder Cut was like, hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I'm, I do feel really good for Zach. It's uh, It seems like, regardless of this, it seems like his relationship with DC is probably over. So it seems like this could be a nice little bow on bow on the whole thing and i'm i'm glad he's getting closure with that yeah i can't imagine like that'd be like i mean you just saw i just showed you a cut of a film i'm working on yeah imagine like them taking that and reshooting half of it and putting it out and saying that you know i had a part in it be like oh shit i'd be kind of pissed well see the thing is yeah i mean it's just it's just unique circumstances you know i mean because the thing is it's it's justice league you know it's supposed to be the the crown jewel of right. of DC, and on top of that too, it's not like it's a movie that was shot one fourth and then somebody new came in. It's like no, this movie was entirely, for the most part, shot and screened and screened, and they completely just pivoted and went in, in an opposite direction. So that's the reason why, be, because that actually does exist. There's a case to fight for it, you know. Yeah. That's why Snyder, I mean, because if he really, if there wasn't, Snyder could have just really just said, you know, move on, guys. There is no cut. He could have just ended it, but he didn't. He just went forward with it. And, you know, kudos to him. You know, he fought for it. He got his way by any means and he got it. So, you know, we can have that out, move on. And I'm just looking ahead, bro. I'm just looking at the future. You know, I just want. Michael Keaton. Oh, man, dude. I'm that man. Oh, God. I love that man. That is. Yeah crazy i know i'm hoping i mean obviously i don't expect them to like um um adapt the flashpoint you know beat for beat because that'd be boring like why would you any comic book movie that you wouldn't want to copy directly i mean we've seen flashpoint in many different ways i've seen it animated you know which is directly like the comic i've seen it in the flash show um without all the other superheroes involved and that was still very emotionally impactful i would love for them to just go crazy with this michael keaton thing like it seems like him being taking the role of the uh thomas wayne batman seems logical but it's not necessarily i think he's coming back as bruce wayne i think he is coming back as bruce wayne and uh michael keaton michael keaton yeah Yeah. but not a but i meant like in the story like you know in the story flashpoint thomas wayne is ends up batman and he's and he sort of mentors barry in a way so yeah People, I get, I guess, assuming that Michael Keaton's going to be playing the sort of a Samuel Jackson-esque mentor role because it's it's reported that it's not only for this Flash movie, it's for um, you know, movies in the future as well. Which my mind just starts to go wild I thinking know, about that. I know. I'm, um, I'm shaking thinking about it. Bro. Oh my like, god. So, indefinitely, oh. I mean, we've I think we talked about this before with Flashpoint. Like that's. That's all they've needed to, to to bring Battinson into the fold. I mean, I'm 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 assuming that we're gonna that's gonna happen. I'd be surprised if it would. Yeah. Like replace that's how you replace Ben Affleck. He comes back and Battinson's all, you know, Battinson's there. Well, if like, you think about it, man. I mean, dude. I mean, if you're a Batman fan right now, you're sitting. Oh dude, yes, sir. You're just jizzing everywhere, man. Dude, you know. I know. Like you're getting you you're getting Ben Affleck back in Snyder cut. I know. You might oh, get my bat, my boy. You might get more with that. You have Battinson with the Batman, and then you have Keaton come back, and bro. Okay, listen, man. If you're gonna get Michael Keaton back, okay. Flashpoint's cool, but listen, man. 
This is what we. This is what everybody really wants, dude. Yeah, you know I know what where I'm you about go to with say. This. I know where you go with this, and I and I have something interesting to say. It, say it. This. Say it. Batman Beyond, motherfucker. Batman Beyond. Let's yes. do it. Let's yes. do it. Um, yes. I imagine this though. Let me let me throw my Hollywood, my new age Hollywood yeah, pitch yeah. into this though, because I mean I've been reading about this in the trades for a long time. Like Joss Whedon was attached to write this at one point. Batgirl has okay. been in development for many years now. Yeah. Imagine that turning into Batman Beyond, but just a gender swap. Yeah, female lead being mentored by Michael Keaton, Batman Beyond. I don't know. Batgirl Beyond. I don't know, bro. Nah, man, Batman Beyond, bro. Nah, <laughs> I mean, don't get nah. me wrong. I, I, I'm nah. all in on Terry McGinnis as well. Yeah, no, uh, Terry McGinnis is Batman Beyond. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what people are trying to do. I mean, mm. with, with the whole Batgirl thing, because... If you think about it, because Commissioner Gordon is, um, yeah, Commissioner Jeffrey Gordon, Wright. Jeffrey Wright, yeah, that means based on that, it's likely that Batgirl is gonna be black, right? You know? Which is cool, you know. Yeah. Here's the thing, like I'm, I'm, you know, there's 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 ways to to go about that, and I for whatever reason like that, that works for me, you know. It's like Perry White when Lawrence Fishburne mm. uh, got cast. Uh, Perry White, for the most part, is mostly uh, like a white guy, you yeah. know, in comics and in other mediums. Um, I but, loved him as in in the role, though, especially like the way he insults Clark. He's got he's still got very like a very old school mentality. They don't yeah. say apples don't cost a nickel, yeah. you know, like berate them and shit. Like I thought that I played he played that to perfection. I that's it worked. Something it, that doesn't. Yeah, matter. it worked. It's one of those things that like it's 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 uh it's it's not a major. Uh, like it's it's complimentary. Like for I I don't know how to describe that it works. One day I will, but for me, like it, the it, essence of the character, probably you know. Yeah. I mean, Jason Momoa, for mm -hmm. for example. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's he's almost a Robert Downey Jr. as the example of casting, where it's like they saw something like Robert Downey isn't like isn't a one to one adaptation of the Tony Stark personality. That was very much his thing that the comics started to emulate because of how popular it was after it came out. So. Jason Aquaman obviously is not like the most hardcore cool character, but uh, Jason, you know, Jason Momoa, Momoa brings something. He brings an edge to it, you know. Yeah, sort of like that, almost like a pirate in a way. In the Jack Sparrow, I think Jack Sparrow opened the door for Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah, he definitely brought interest to the character. He brought awareness to Aquaman, and he pretty much, you know, I I my think mom he... loves him. Bro. <laughs> loves him yeah well a lot of a lot of women do and he he did for aquaman what i think superman tried well like i what i think what Zack snyder tried to do with man of steel mm, in jesus myth well in, in terms of making uh when okay so right but like before man of steel came out superman was more like you know Maybe I'll get flack for saying this, but just pussified, I guess you could say. But people would just shit on Superman and be like, oh, yeah, Superman's a fucking, you know, fucking pussy. Even know? the cartoons. I mean, Justice League, the Justice League cartoon in particular, like, yeah. he, they depowered him quite a bit. Yeah, they just, like, everybody just took a shit on Superman. And uh, everybody, <laughs> you know, and, and that. Brian Singer didn't help. No, no, no. Brian Singer definitely didn't help. And so, so when Man of Steel came out and I got to see Superman kick some ass, now at that moment of time, I was all for it 
I loved Man of Steel. Like I thought it was cool because I got to see Superman unleashing a can of whoop ass. Now, um, you know, years go by later. He opened uh, a whole case of whoop ass. Yeah. He. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Especially like in that whole that whole town hall scene. That that town scene where he's you know fighting. Uh, uh, like the Kryptonians, I forget yeah, her name. Ferrara, I, I think her name is Ferrara or something like that. Yeah, Theodora, he, something maybe. like that. Yeah, he's fighting her and and the town, and it and that sh- that whole scene is just awesome. But but when you really look at like the more and more like I read on Superman and his mythology, like reading the comics, um, like by Jeff Johns and reading some of the Death of Superman stuff, um, you know, Superman is just he's a little bit more like down to earth. He's just more kind and he's humble and he's generous and you know he's a little bit yeah he's just he's just down to earth and uh that that's superman so like as i read the comics more like i read i understood the criticisms of man of steel like Mm -hmm. i understood that a lot better but but yeah man i'm really looking forward to michael keaton as uh as um back as batman and if I see Michael Keaton in the Batman Beyond suit, because I remember like, oh, oh yeah, the right? first, the pilot, the first yeah, episode, yeah. yes. When you see old yes, man sir. Bruce Wayne and he's just like tired, and yeah. he's got, and then you just see the Batman Beyond suit, um, and then who do you cast as Terry McGinnis? Like you know, I mean, I Will Friedle was a great voice. I mean, he was just he was the perfect voice right. for Terry McGinnis. He was just he was great. Yeah. Doesn't always necessarily translate to live action. Did you see Kevin Conroy as as Batman? I didn't see that. It was <laughs> okay. You know, if you closed your eyes, it didn't hold up as much to me okay. on, on screen as okay. I thought it would. It was cool though. I was really happy to see him. I got to meet him as well once. The voice of Batman. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's the voice of Batman. On a side note, there's a documentary on YouTube that's uh, on the Warner Brothers YouTube channel. That's the entire like from the first conception all the way through the end of the run of the series of Batman the animated series, like explained in depth. It is like. If you're looking for the late night documentary, bro, that that you should check that out. Okay. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'm gonna check the that whole out. methodology about it, um, even down to like getting over sensors, and like using uh, how they decided to start instead of drawing on white paper, they draw drew on black paper, so that created a noir noir vibe. Interesting. Um, animation style. I don't know. It's very it's very cool. Very cool. Bruce Tim. You know, drops knowledge. Mm-hmm. Tim Conroy, Mark Hamill, great. Yeah, what a legacy that whole that whole thing is, man. I but love that show, but dude. But yeah, you do Batman Beyond. I mean, I mean, you could, man, dude, you could put that in the theater. You know, but it just seems like that they're really gonna go ham on worlds of DC. You know, via HBO Max or the theater and. You know, I'm 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 really excited, and I think uh, I think I think the way DC's position right now, now that Michael Keaton's coming back, yeah, the Snyder I Cut. Can't come, believe, yeah, dude, these words that you're saying, like, <laughs> I I wish I could go back in time to like the first time we did a podcast and be like, listen, dude, year from now, Michael Keaton is Batman again, and the there's a just there's a four hour cut of Justice League by Zack yeah. Snyder, like, and and they're talking about rebooting justice league you know and at the way that i look at it based on all the you know assu- i mean that's assuming that that's true which mm-hmm. i kind of think that it is you think that's 
total recast of everyone we're keeping so. like because flash I, is going to come out with this with a solo movie we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the flash i mean i'm not holding my i'll, I'll believe the flash movie when i actually see the flash movie like one of my asses in the theater i'll believe it just because you know setback after setback but mm-hmm. um when it comes to, i think the justice league rebirth uh the reboot that with the new cast i think i think it's an insurance policy for snyder cut because let's 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 just hypothetically speaking and this may not happen but let's say the Snyder cut comes out right and everybody shits on it everybody right mm-hmm. for whatever reasons there are for the reasons revolving around superman which is what i believe which is why i kind of feel like you know henry's kind of you know uh, not really like like it took him a minute to get come out on the Snyder Cut, yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I know you can because always tell he was the least vocal about it. Exactly, why? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's. I mean, now it's like because they got the deal, he doesn't have a choice, you know? right? So the way that I see it is this: this the Justice League reboot. If more news comes out on that, that they're rebooting Justice League with a new cast, if everybody shits on the Snyder Cut then Warner Brothers can say, well, guys, look, we're going to reboot Justice League. So it's an insurance policy, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's like an olive branch. It's mm. like, a, which I think is great. But again, if you know the mythology of DC comics now, I'm, I'm just going to say this, like I'm by no means an expert, like comic book expert, like I'm just not, but crisis on infinite earths. If you read that, then you pretty much have a better understanding of the universe of DC. When you get that, then it makes sense of the of the doors and the opportunities that are available for DC films. Because, okay, if Snyder Cut um, bombs or it's critically, you know, shitted on, uh, it's still valid and it's still valid because it's part of an uh, of a of a world of DC. Right. You know, that that can coexist with another timeline it, you know it's just another timeline yeah, yeah yeah that's that's one way you can look at mm-hmm. it even if you really hate it you can just be like you know it's like yeah it's like dc black you could literally just call it that it's crazy you get like you can watch both versions of justice league and they're gonna be very different movies <laughs> yeah uh, two timelines I mean, yeah i'm assuming i'm assuming batman's not making many jokes in the snyder cut no um, god probably shooting uh... some folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's yeah. So it's a good it's a good time that we're living in yeah. and oh, yeah. well, I, on a positive note though. Yes. If Snyder cut just shit and yeah. it's a hit, it might be a reason for, you know, Warner Brothers to maybe want to explore some more of those uh story threads. Like especially with like the the apocalypse stuff that allegedly it sets up. Um the confrontation with Dark Side. Yeah, I mean they could do the Batman movie with Ben Affleck on HBO Max. If they oh wanted to. dude, don't do that. You made me cry. <laughs> I would love that so much. Um, and you know he's looking pretty good lately. Have you seen him? Yeah, he's he, been uh, he's he, been dating Anna Darmus, and yeah, that's what happens. He's man. looking fit. That's what happens when you when you did a Latina man. You know, yeah. In the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. can't I can't can't uh, can't speak uh, after that. So you know, yeah, no, I, I I agree. Well, speaking of uh, alternate versions of movies, mm-hmm. um, there's um. A rumor got put out last week by Batman Beyond co-host uh, and writer Mark Bernard, who said that they're a nice guy in I the like uh, 
in the vault in the vault somewhere at Warner Brothers exists the uh, original cut of Batman Forever by Joel Schumacher, which um, I'm assuming this cut in- incorporates the deleted scenes that have been out on the DVDs and everything, um, which are actually. I mean, I had never seen them before until the storybook. I, I researched them, bro. I'm just gonna play these like while we're while we're talking sure, about sure. it, just to, so you can watch. But uh, very impressive, dude. Like he was. You know, people give Joel Schumacher shit for you know not taking the Bat brand seriously. Um, I don't think that's on him. I think that's a studio thing because from what I see of these deleted scenes, like here's him. Uh, the movie originally opened at Arkham Asylum, um, to show the escape of Two Face. Yeah. Um. But just in after that though, it's it's very much there's a lot of scenes of um, Bruce Wayne like coming to grips with um, the guilt of his parents' death. Still, like he still he feels responsible because it, he wanted to go to the movie. Um, it was his idea to go to the movies, apparently. Um, so, do you know? Do you know? Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Um, uh, the reason why I bring this up is because mm. uh, our acting coach, uh, Fran Montano, he has a, a new book called Act Authentically, which you guys can check out on Amazon. But uh, do you know who the original uh, Chase Meridian was going to be? Oh, I do not. Rene Russo. Really? Wow. And the reason why I bring that up mm-hmm. is because she has um, a preface. Uh, she speaks in the beginning of Fran's book. That's why I bring that up. But yeah, she was originally going to be Chase Meridian in uh, Tim Burton's uh, in Tim Burton's Batman Forever, which actually, from what I understand, it was actually going to be called Batman Continues. Huh. And uh, I think, I don't know if Billy D. Williams was going to be in there, but I think there was even talk that Robin Williams was going to play the Riddler. I believe Marlon Wayans was signed on to play Robin, was he yeah. not? Yeah, which, you know, that it's it's interesting because in 2020, like, I remember thinking that when I was a kid, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Right. But today, maybe maybe that choice was ahead of its time, you know? Yeah, I mean, they, they had to pay him for the movie, yeah. like, full salary for yeah. not being in the movie. Like, that's, and he got to take pictures of himself in the suit. That's a pretty good oh, deal. Oh, I need to see uh, that. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That's what they said. Oh. Uh, that's what uh, Kevin Smith was like. If so, I, somebody out there, you're listening. You have this picture. Oh, send it to us. We need to see. Somebody needs to. Somebody needs to. Because Billy, yeah, Billy D is is Two Face, and then Marlon Wayans is Robin. That that could have been really cool. I love Billy D. So so okay. Oh my god, dude. I'm. Oh my god. Oh my god. So there's a picture out there of Marlon Wayans in the suit, pretty much. Somewhere, somewhere on this earth that exists. Just like there's one that exists, I'm sure, of Jude Law in the Superman costume. Like, he, he Wait, tested it, for the... Okay, see, the thing... I don't know why they don't release that shit, you know? Like, I remember we didn't get to see Superman... We didn't get to see Nicolas Cage as Superman <laughs> until five years ago. Now, some yeah. of those shots were actually kind of like... Dude, have you seen the, the documentary about it? Yeah, I have. I, uh, yeah, I saw the documentary, and actually I went to the funeral. The guy, John Schnepp, John yeah. Schnepp yeah, I went to his... Um, memorial oh and, for real uh, i got to meet liam sharp there which is pretty cool yeah i met him at WonderCon. i didn't wasn't expecting to meet him he had a booth and i was just like i, I stumbled upon it I, I saw i saw i was looking i was going booth to booth and i saw the dvd of like oh i've seen this superman oh fuck it's you hey dude i love i loved this this was awesome and i asked him if he was uh if he had gotten any pictures of the justice league mortal stuff because that was like still that was before we had seen the costumes yet yeah um and i was like are you gonna make a film about that? Because I would love love to 
to um, see that. And apparently he was making a show, a show that was going to be all these different what if stories, you know, with movies, which is, you know, as, as we're talking here, can attest is very interesting and, you know, can provide a lot of content. I mean, alternate versions of movies like the, the Schumacher, the Schumacher cut of Batman forever is like fucking dark and serious. Like, yeah, there's a, have you seen that? Okay. I'm going to skip ahead to, uh, there's a scene of him, uh, in the, there's, oh, here's him training Robin. Like, yeah, Val, dude, I, Val Kilmer is badass in this movie, dude. For I, sure. I like Val Kilmer in this movie. Before, uh, before Affleck came around, Kilmer was my favorite Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought because he... they had good, ca- I like, you know, Val, I liked Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell's chemistry. And it just sucks right. that. Like in that Batman and Robin, they just couldn't be. I mean, can you imagine if Val Kilmer was in Batman and Robin? I mean, I probably wouldn't have been a better movie, but I mean, at least it would have been continuity, you know? Well, there's like an interesting through line with Robin in in this because with with all the deleted scenes, because we're we're about to see the scene of a. So he walks in on Robin training and he tries to like explain to him that, you know, burying all, you know, only focusing on your hate for Two Face is not a way to live and all that. Because I, he's like, I know how you feel. I carry the same guilt, you know, for my parents. But he himself is not over the death of his parents yet, too. So we're, I'm gonna skip ahead later to the this scene. He, he basically, bro, they stole the cave scene from from Empire Strikes Back, um, where where Luke goes into the cave and fights Darth Vader, yeah, and comes out with better understanding, yeah, um. It's the exact same thing in the Batcave. So here's Robin here discussing uh, for folks at home that are can't see. Obviously, uh, um, what's what's the actor's name again? Chris Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell was uh doing one of those. He was working on one of those Fu Manchu machines with the arms, um, fighting. And Bruce came in and gave him a little uh, pep talk. See, the thing is, like. Like I remember when I first saw this scene, because mm-hmm. I did see this scene. Uh huh. <laughs> like, don't be too sure. Yeah. See, everything about this scene works except for <laughs> when the thing breaks. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? It's very. Yeah, it just comes right off pretty clean. Like it's like, why buy that in the first place? You know. Right. Yeah. Oh, this I is. A... Oh, I didn't see this. Oh yeah. This is him. Uh, watching watching the news. See, he's like, there was introspectiveness about about the Schumacher Batman Forever that um, I think could have been valuable. Like, this is Batman watching this dude on the news talk about why we don't need Batman. Like, dude, they cool could stuff. they could release the Schumacher cut on HBO Max. I'm telling you, man, they have so much leverage Fuck with yeah, what they, they already have. Release the Schumacher cut now. Since we're talking about the Schumacher cut, and I'm a Superman guy. I'm even going to go take it a step further and say release the Fury cut of Superman 4. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of footage that got cut from Superman 4. Now, Superman 4 is not a good movie by any means. It's actually, it's probably the weakest of all the Superman Christopher Reeve movies. But uh-huh. if I could see any new footage of Christopher Reeve as Superman, yeah. even if it's five minutes, it's worth it for me. Could you, what is the plot of Superman 4 again real quick while we're watching? Oh, sure. Well, as you're saying, for the folks at home, Bruce is about, this is, all right, this is the Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Luke's walked up to the cave. He he says, what's in there? And Yoda says, only what you take with you. That is almost exactly what this scene is. (laughs) I did not see this. Wow. Exactly. It's supposed to come out recently. I guess they're trying to. So. 
So he, okay. Alfie basically is like, your fears are in this cave, and if you don't go in there and face them, you're going to spend your whole life fearing them. So here he goes. He's going in the cave. He's going to go on his spiritual journey. Yeah. Like, this is and for the record, shit. Michael Goat, that guy, he's the best Alfred. Michael Goat is great. He he's is the great. best Alfred. Oh, dude, he's... His performance in Batman and Robin is very, very heart wrenching. I'm like, going to. I, I get so sad every time I see him in that bed, hospital bed with the wires and shit. Um. So look, he's in. He's got. I mean, this is cool lighting shit. Like this is a comic book movie, and there's a there's a cut of this online that someone made with a uh, with music and stuff. Like this is just raw footage from the scene and raw audio, but someone put music to it and added some flashbacks and shit. It works, but uh. Like, look, dude, he looks up and look all there's all these bats up at the and top. The lighting, bro. That's so great. Man, wow, dude. It's cool, Christian right? Bale, man. That's like that looks like Batman Begins. Or at least it reminds me of that. Look at that. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah, bro. But apparently Val Kilmer was having the hell of his life work. I mean, obviously he didn't come back. I mean he didn't come back, but Yeah, I d I don't uh, I don't know any specifics about it other yeah, than apparently him like, and Schumacher didn't see I think I he hated the suit. I think he would um, which I I'm sure it's super restrictive. If you can't turn your neck, so look, he this is, this is where he sort of goes into like look at his look at his feet, man. Like, bro, this movie's ahead of its time, dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's tipping it because obviously the 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 diary is not down there. He finds the diary of his his father Thomas Wayne, and he finds this because in the I'm pretty sure in the actual cut of the movie there's a flashback to to their parents to his parents wake, and there's like a a journal that he sees. Do you remember that? Um, so this basically he sees the entry says that Bruce wants to go see a movie tonight and he's like he's like it's my fault that is acting bro. that's acting right like dude Kilmer killing it and look the light's gone it's very much like a dream world type situation and then the bat starts to close in the bat's closing in. He drops the journal. He stands up. He faces his fears. The bat gets closer and closer, bro. Interesting. This is interesting. Check this out. You're about to get your 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 mind's gonna blow because the bat gets closer and closer. This is like Batman the animated series. Like they need like this is like when you play the bat theme. That is just so oh that's, that's so the I bat finally it. reaches Bruce Wayne and it's fucking man bat sized and he's facing down his literal mirror, basically. He he's saying, what he fears. Look at that. Look at that shot. The 360 degree shot of, oh, dude, of Bruce. Bruce and the bat. This was becoming before the one. Matrix. Whoa, dude. Isn't that dope? Like, wow. Like, this symbolism in that is really cool, right? Interesting. That's interesting. Like, that's kind of... It's so antithetical to what we think of Joel Schumacher in Batman, right? Because it's so, like, silly, right? And not serious. So that was, like, his his moment in the movie where he, like, comes out of his funk and he's, like, he realizes who he is. Like, that's dope. I think that's a dope performance. You know, he's crying. You, you know, you get the... Dude. The weight of the, the so, character. Dude, Nicole Kidman is <laughs> so sexy in <laughs> yes. this movie. Yes. So fucking sexy. Um, you know what? I'm I'm happy to say that she got the role uh, over uh who 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 Renee Russo. Yeah, Renee Russo. Russo. But you know uh, you know what's interesting, bro? Um Renee Russo. Okay, so she, I don't even know if you remember this movie, but there was a movie called uh Buddy. It's about a gorilla. You remember that? Uh-huh. Okay, well she's in it and um 
it's got like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's an example, in my opinion, of a movie that's probably not good, but she's an incredible actress, dude. It's just, it's just one of those things where you can, where you look at something and you think that, that she's, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Thor's mom. Um, yes, Thor's mom. She's a great actress and just, that's just great because I, I, I love seeing her work because it just goes to show the links of where you can be when you do the work that we do, you know? And I, I love that. She's been, what a world-class, um, hopefully, 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 because uh, she did teach at AWS with Fran, I think like seven years ago. So I didn't be, know she taught there. Yeah, she did. She taught hmm. a class and then they had Andrew, by the way, if you ever, I was thinking about this, um, if you want, once things get up and running, we can go to San Diego. We can check mm. out Andrew's school For, over there. Yeah, we can I've drop in. I'll, I'll pay a that. day fee, whatever that is. And um, we can take a class in San Diego. Then we can check out San Diego Zoo. We can check out the beaches over there. And then we can even check out the air show. I mean, that's granted once things are up and running. But, yeah, man. But, uh, oh, but going back to the, so the plot of Superman 4 is um, pretty much like the world's at nuclear. The quest for peace. The quest right. for peace. Okay. Yeah. The quest for peace, and then he um, wants to disarm the Earth by he pretty much any nuclear weapons mm-hmm. that get fired up, he just throws them to the sun. And then there's this nuclear man. I thought that was Superman three. Fuck, no, I've been Superman confused. Four. Superman, Superman three, three is three? is uh, with Richard Pryor, and that's like where there's like a supercomputer that's built, and Richard Pryor is like a computer hacker. Oh, dude, I know nothing about that one. That's I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, either. so the first two Superman movies are pretty good. They're they're pretty good. Um, well, I Super- would say so. Superman three has good moments. Uh-huh. Mediocre, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Superman four. Uh... I do remember what's his name again? Nuclear Nuclear Man. Man. I I remember him <laughs> very very vividly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, scared the shit out of me. But that's not a. That's not a comics character, is it? Is that was no. he invented for that? Uh, I think he was invented for that, but I do think Brian Michael Bendis, if I remember correctly, I never got to it, but somebody shared with me that they were incorporating Nuclear Man into the into the DC comics. Oh, they canonized him. That's yeah. that's cool. I never understand that. I, mean, I felt like they that was an early thing in comic book movies. They were so afraid to like mm-hmm. just use the damn characters from the comics. What's wrong with that? I know, like Parasite, Brainiac, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, Soup's got some good villains too that we haven't seen yet. It's got good villains, you know, but man, dude, fucking sucks. I know. I mean, so going back to like Flashpoint rebooting everything, mm-hmm. I think to your point, I mean, Superman probably as Henry Cavill probably isn't going to go on anymore. But Ezra Miller has that that quirkiness and that that com- comedic tone about him, where I think he could totally throughout a whole Justice League movie be making jokes about, well, you guys looked way different in the other dimension. And we could totally be okay with it, or even say that once, you know, and we'd buy it, you know, because he gets back from Flashpoint and shit's all different. Maybe, yeah. I think Ezra Miller. I think he probably would have been a better Wally West than a Barry Allen. I know, right? Yeah, you know, Barry Allen. You know, so I got to give credit where it's due because um, this isn't my idea for casting. Um, so my friend uh, Eric Vasquez, Eric J. Vasquez, he's a film director. This was his idea of who he would have cast as Barry Allen in the '80s, and I think. This is fantastic casting. Um, you remember Michael Bean or Michael Bean? Michael Bean, guy Kyle Reese from The Terminator. Um, where he was, um, 
No, I've actually never. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen the Terminator. I've never seen the first one. Okay. Uh, if you look at look him up, uh, he was a couple in James Cameron's movies, but B I E N. Yeah, I think B I E N. Yeah, Michael uh, Michael Bryan or Michael Bean. I'm probably butchering his name, but mm. uh, if you see some of his stuff, um, my friend made that recommendation for him as Barry Allen in the '80s, and I just think like that's pretty spot on because Barry Barry Allen has like there's an intellect about him, and there's a you know he's not he's not a jokester, he's not quirky. I mean, he's intellectually you know. He's a serious, a little bit of a serious character. You know, he doesn't, he's not, mm. he's not like a Hal Jordan or, you know, or a jokester. You know, he's pretty grounded. I love his story. I love his backstory. I had no idea about his backstory until I watched the show. Have you, have you finished the first season? I haven't finished uh, the oh, first bro, season. Oh, bro, just make I've, it to the end. Because, yeah. I mean, really, that's a, that's a story you should see. At least that, that, that scene, that scene where he, he fucking goes back and sees his mom because it's really... Like it's beautiful. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to it's check a powerful, out. powerful thing. It cemented as Flash is one of my all time favorite backstories for a superhero. It, yeah, the Flash series. I, I, it was funny because I approached watching. I did see a few episodes of the Flash series, the the new series that that's out. Mm-hmm. And uh, some part of me, once I discovered that I had access to the original Flash shows from the '90s, um, I saw about seven episodes, bro. I'm gonna tell you this, man. Show's really hard to watch, bro. In the nineties flash? John Wesley's ship. Yeah, flash. he's great. No, he's mm-hmm. fan. Here's the thing. That's this this is an example of when the actor's good uh-huh. and the material around it, it just it drags, bro. Uh, it really drags. It, it it's a struggle. I couldn't I I don't know if I can watch another episode, man. It's really tough. I only got to like seven episodes. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I do gotta get back to um, watching the the flash the well that john wesley ship flash that's part of the multiverse yeah. as per crisis yeah. just like batman 89 um is now in that i do wonder with keaton coming back are they going to hold true to what the newspaper said in the universe of 89 that him and selena kyle were married yeah see the way that i look at it see it's funny because my my friend knows how, how i feel about batman returns tell me how you feel i fucking love it it's my favorite yeah. batman movie Really? Uh, I that that scene with mm-hmm. uh, when you see Bruce Wayne in the dance hall with Selena Kyle and you see that moment when they first meet and they're dancing and then they they realize that that he's uh, Batman she's Catwoman and there's this oh, fucking love it see that that that's like that's this, a great romance that's great romance yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but you know it's funny so my friend my friend who's a, a film scholar i don't say that like yeah he is a legit film scholar he knows film top to bottom he can t- he can break down everything about why something is good and why something is bad one of the things that he used to describe batman returns he described it as psychosexual and i was like i can know? see that and i was like that's that's so true now maybe that's not objectively good from a film making perspective i couldn't tell you that but i love it <laughs> and it's so good so so here's so and it was funny because like when he found out that my king was coming back and i was talking about selena cowell he was under the assumption that because i fucking love that storyline mm-hmm. that i would be pro michelle pfeiffer coming back which that oh god dude oh my god dude if michelle pfeiffer came back oh stop 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 oh my god <laughs> If she fucking came back now, here's the thing though. She's she's the wasp. I mean, she she'll do that. Yeah. Here's here's what I what I also understand because it is Batman, okay? 
Batman isn't the type of character to me that strikes me as a guy that has happy endings or listen right if selena here's the thing the, you only need michael keaton if selena kyle or michelle pfeiffer is in there at some capacity and gets referenced that's 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 a cherry on top that's um extra for me but if 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 selena kyle is like dead or she dies i understand mm, like yeah. i like i i'm okay yeah i'm okay with that it's because like, that's Batman's. That's who he is, right? You know? That's what I think. Uh, to that point, I really like that about Rocky Six, Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. um, the 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 last one that he made when he was. Have you ever seen that? Are you a Rocky fan? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I've seen Creed one and two and Rocky Balboa. I fucking love Rocky. Um, I love Rocky. Yeah. So like he killed Adrian off screen between five and six, but that opens him up. You know, he's right back to his roots. He's grounded, and that's exactly. what we know. That's what we know as the essence of the character sometimes you know you just make it too high mm-hmm. uh, i mean that was yeah because once that that rocky five was that was rough that was a rough yeah ride. it was the one at the time before rocky six came out everybody was like oh everybody should have on now speaking of rocky you know that Sylvester stallone did you hear about there's gonna be a director's cut for rocky four no yeah shut the front door america yeah America? Yeah. So America. You can look that up right now. Um, I am I am. I'm I'm gonna hit the Google machine. Yeah, Rocky Ford director's cut. Yeah, I think so. I think he said he mentioned something about it on on Instagram. How <gasps> there was gonna be a director's cut of Shut uh, the fuck up. How? Wow, he that's official, bro. I thank you for breaking that news to me. I didn't know about that. I yeah, fucking dude. love that movie. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Hearts on fire. <laughs> strong desire. I love that. Um, I loved Creed 2 as well. I thought the 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 Drago and son father-son relationship was perfection. I'm gonna I t- love I'm gonna that aspect. Of I that. love the first Creed movie. When mm-hmm. I I literally I'll when I got out of the first Creed movie, I had goosebumps. Okay, now the goosies. When I saw Creed two, especially knowing that Drago is going to be in it. Okay? Yeah. So the bar, whether I want to rate, whether I go in with expectations or not, it's already raised because I fucking love Ivan Drago. Dude. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna say this: the movie got me here uh-huh. when I wanted to be here. I feel you. That's you know fair. what I'm saying? Mm. There's some cool stuff in it, but. It, it didn't it didn't match it didn't get me to where the first creed movie end up and i think they're gonna make a creed 3 most definitely I'll, I'll, i made a bank I'll, I'll watch as many creed movies as there are you know for sure that's the thing like i mean I, I probably like i think the most important aspect of that movie was the villain's story so maybe they could pump up michael michael's a little bit next time but he's yeah. great in it um he's a great actor. and uh yeah. i love the fight scenes um but i do th- yeah i agree creed one is a is a superior film, but love me some Rocky, bro. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a Rocky in a while. I need to catch back up with those. I think America needs to watch Rocky. Like we need like a a national projector, and we all need to like have a a watch party. You know why Rocky's so important? That first one because he didn't actually win the fight, but he won in our hearts. He won something for himself. Right. 
You know, that's what America needs. We need to understand that half of us are going to lose in November. But wait, what are we fighting for? I don't know. There's something there. And here we are. We're on politics. No, no it's okay. It's okay. It's it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're in a very, the, the political climate is very high. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, you can only control with, with what you can control, you know. And, you know, maybe right. you get your way and maybe you don't. But what's most important, I think, is you have yourself. You know who you are, what you stand for, what your purpose is. And you live with that. and you just become more of who you already are and you know um regardless of who's in the white house you know we're still gonna take a breath you know i mean granted you know knock on wood you know we're still gonna be alive you know regardless of who's gonna be in office life is still gonna go on maybe it's the person that you want to be maybe it's not but you know we all gotta take care of our own backyard that's kind of like where i'm at right now where i'm like listen i get what's happening in washington but what's happening down the street from me, you know, what's happening in my city, what's happening in my mm. county, you know, yeah. that's kind of like where I'm trying to shift my focus on, you know, feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll say this about um, like the elections or whatever. I think the most important thing is to know those down ballot peeps all the way down, like the, you know, the yeah. city councilmen, yeah. the, all those people, like the, all those people are what makes up the whole, and they all are part of the machine, and they yeah. all... I will say, I am disappointed that Kanye West dropped out. I was <laughs> this close to being are a friend. You, are, you, are you disappointed? <laughs> a little chaos. Uh, all right. You, Joker with Coker. I literally, you know, it's funny. I'm like, I'm, I want to wear a Kanye West 2020 t-shirt on November 3rd. Or whenever election day is, and I want to see just what happens, you know. <laughs> I love I love Kanye West's uh, early stuff. Um, his graduation album is my, oh, it is one of my all time favorite albums. That album got me through so much. So it's just it's just one of those like things where because of something like that, you know, somebody made a piece of music, you'll love them you know right separate the art from the artist you know yeah those things can stand on their own yeah perfectly fine i'm still a michael jackson fan i love Fuck michael yeah. jackson so like his I. music is some of my he's favorite my... of all time and yes. i'm not i'm not even gonna say he's guilty because i you know yeah you, we could make arguments here yeah and you know we what can. neither of yes, us are gonna come can. any closer to the truth exactly <laughs> dude at the thank you for saying that see okay you, my respect for you just increased so much more because you said that because i'm the same way and maybe because i am being biased because i am a michael jackson fan he actually is my favorite artist of all time. Mm. When I was 16 and I was, I don't know, I was going through like a depression at the time. His music really lifted me up and I'm forever grateful uh, to Michael Jackson. And, um, you know, I, I mean, th that in itself, it's like, you know, he's dead. He's been dead what, 11 years now. You yeah. Know? I mean, what more is there to say? About what, you, yeah. I mean, whatever happened, happen and i'm sorry you know you know you just you just don't know you know that's mm -hmm. that's just that's just the reality of it you don't know and 
you know, life goes on and yeah, I separate the art from the artist, you know. Yeah, but we do know that you can listen to Heal the World. <laughs> yes. And feel a little bit better. About yeah, humanity. Heal the World and we are the world. <laughs> yeah, we are the children. Yeah, uh, that's yeah man. That's another one they'll, yeah. they'll remake about a thousand more times. Yeah. <sighs> no, man, they, um, they tried to do that for Haiti. Did you remember yeah, that? I remember that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't good. <laughs> well, you know, I think good. fucking Akon was in that. Uh, had like red wine. T-Pain. And- yeah, it's just a different world now. Nah. It's weird. It's funny to see like all the most, the, the difference between like the most popular artists of the day now versus then. In that song alone, it's like all like, <laughs> like rappers and, and like LL Cool J was on that. Oh, yeah, God, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> and everyone back then, you know, could, you know, very like good singer, I would say, you know, in yeah. their own style. Not to say I'm not going to shit on anyone else. I mean, anyone in the present, but yeah. Uh, yeah. it is, this is different. See, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how tastes change over time. Yeah, exactly. Like dude. Superman's a great example. We've talked about that before. You know, truth, justice in the American way needs to evolve somehow. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Um, that's one, that's one question. See, see if I was an interviewer and I really wanted to get to the meat of an interview, with a Superman actor. That's one question I would ask an actor who's playing Superman. How do you define the American way? What is the American way? Yeah. You know what I mean? You British bastard Henry. What the <laughs> fuck you got to say? Huh? Well, Red I, coat? I think the American way is <laughs> um, what I think it is. Uh, no, I, I think Henry likes Superman. I think um, when I see Henry Cavill, I see a guy. It's You could just almost sense the frustration from the guy because mm-hmm. you could tell he genuinely loves Superman. Right. And he wants it to take off the way we all know it can yeah. if you're a Superman fan. You know? So mm-hmm. I understand and I empathize with him, you know, big time. Mm-hmm. I do. Um but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. man. Yeah. Someone else will have it on at some point and yeah. we'll be saying all this shit all over again. Yeah. It's cool though. It's cool to see things evolve and uh especially now that uh, you know, the, the the idea of multiple universes mm-hmm. is finally or alternate universes rather is is becoming more and more ingrained in the public consciousness where we i think by that nature alone people tend to like not compare as much because you know i think that having you know alternate timelines or crisis or whatever you can also say oh well you know what in that universe that works for that exactly and you know what yeah. i got my universe shit over here and this the stuff that i like you know there's something out there for everybody exactly as a, a collective so therefore it's like everybody wins right if you like the traditional you know which which is what i hope they're going for is something traditional like with superman or aquaman and and, and cyborg and flash like i hope that they kind of go for something that's more ideal traditional and of course good storytelling i mean you want to have a good storytelling but then at the same time that validates what came before which was non-traditional ballsy and you get to have it all so there's something for i mean the dc universe is not it's it's not obscure it's not scarce there's something in it for everybody whatever your taste is you know so right on yeah what do you think do you know anything about the green lantern series i know you're like the green lantern guy i've been been pretty quiet on the green lantern front yeah i think there's um there's some stuff happening there for sure i just think it's uh i think it's very low-key i think it's it's uh very quiet so Mm. we'll see We'll see what happens with that, but I have a good feeling about it. I mean, so. like we said, something out there for everybody. Yeah. HBO Max, turning it up. 
Um, well, hopefully people things can get back in production soon. Because otherwise, we're gonna have to subsist on alternate cuts and movies for new content. <laughs> They're gonna run. Eventually, we're gonna be like, "Fuck, no more, no more alternate cuts." That's like the. It could be like the next direct to DVD like thing instead of uh, that theaters do or that movie companies do. Here's your five different cuts. We got your editor's cut. We got your producer's cut, and your director's cut. Everything's like Blade Runner. Yeah. Have you seen Blade Runner, the first one, right? I did. I finally saw it. When um, did you see I saw it? the final cut uh, a couple months ago. Oh, okay. What did you think about movie. that? I loved Isn't it. Isn't that great? I loved it. Yeah, okay, it you great. know what's funny? Okay, my ex-girlfriend, uh-huh. 12, was it 12 years ago? Tried to get... I couldn't watch the first 20 minutes of it. Yeah, I started multiple times and stopped. I couldn't finish it back then. Now, mm-hmm. so I think because Blade Runner 2049 came out... Mm, I still haven't seen that yet, okay. but I, I knew I needed okay, to see now, that before. Now, if you loved Blade Runner, uh-huh. I really think you're going to love Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. That was my introduction to Anna de Armas. Um, oh, that, was a, that was an amazing theatrical experience blade runner 24 i that movie was so underrated so underrated it was so I've heard good really good things about it yeah ryan gosling dude he's a really great actor but mm-hmm. um yeah i saw blade runner the fine i think i i don't know which cut i saw but i know i saw a cut of blade runner and yeah. i really loved it a lot sean young was really great now if you really love that one there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in blade runner 2049 and jared Leto's in it and it's just just visually oh what a visual treat man oh my god yeah oh my god yeah you'll you gotta watch that it's pretty good um something that i recent also saw recently that totally blew my mind i never i was completely unaware of minority report mm. that i was shocked by how good that was yeah um the music is so good in that the music um but the technology it was like i, I think it was like a 2003 or 2005 movie, something like that. early 2000s but it was like a Black Mirror episode, like dude, like all that shit, like was very, very, uh, like well guessed. I guess I could say, for lack of a better word, like things transition to the future, like in a way that seemed very plausible to today, like especially with like the way we use tablets and like, but having, being able to like pull something out of one screen, drop it in, and then that, I don't know. I thought the technology was great. I thought the story was dope, um, especially like. The idea of, you know, like the punishment needs to come after the crime. You know, you're not guilty, innocent until proven guilty or until you actually do it, you know. Well, that seems like a lot um, like what's happening today. You're... I know. Did you hear? Um, I mean, I, I mean, people are saying I'm hearing stuff. Uh, yeah. No, but I did read that uh, in Portland, there's um, people, there's gar- uh, armed and like geared up agents of the state that are unmarked and don't where haven't been carrying badges. That have been rounding up protesters and like, yeah, holding them. Yeah, I. It's just I. I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's just it's just really tricky, you know, because we're in a pandemic and we're trying to flatten the curve and. So weird the uh, just a the lot of consistencies in that. Here's what here's here's something that boggles my mind. Let me yeah, let me, yeah, let me go just, for it. California. Mm-hmm. Like we're so scared about sending our kids to school right now because of corona i mean yeah i mean from what I, what we hear it can do like it i mean it's so the very the effects are so varied for so many different people um that's scary we can't we're afraid to put our send our kids to school but california just released like ten thousand prisoners from prison um because it's too dangerous as well it's too dangerous to be in prison but we're going to send our kids back to school in the fall or 
Are they not giving? Yeah, are they giving masks to prisoners? Why is? Uh, it's just an interesting excuse. I don't. I, I read they want to release prisoners to flatten the curve. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm just kind of like either. I'm so over this, man. I'm so fucking. It's just. Uh, I'm. I I just don't know, man. I don't know either. Part of me says. <laughs> on purpose by the Chinese. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it is an election year, so whatever that is, you know. I yeah. Mean, will get back to normal after the election but you know i mean i just i really pray for this for this country i really want you know i really wanted to be back at a time when you know things were were normal you know when we could get along you know one memory that i have um i remember when it was al gore versus george bush in the election and i remember in my apartment in burbank and we would have uh, like my sister's friends would come over and my dad and my dad's a Republican and he was voting for George Bush. And we had another my sister's friend's mom was voting for Gore and they would have a friendly debate mm-hmm. to adults talking yeah. politics back then. And it was to the point where it's like, oh, you're a Democrat, you know, oh, you Republican, you uh-huh. now it's like. Knives to the throat. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just fucking it's, evil. It, yeah. The other side. So my whole thing is, I mean, my belief systems are spiritual where I believe, I believe there are good people regardless of, you know, your political ideology. I believe there are good people that are Republicans. I believe there are good people that are Democrats. I believe there are good people that are independents. You know, I just want to go back to that time. You know, we're, yeah. And I think we will. I think, you know, ebb and flow, all things rise, all things fall. You know, pendulum swings one way. We're just on this side of the pendulum. Eventually, it'll have to swing back and maybe it'll get worse before it gets better. Maybe it'll get better. Who knows? But we just got to live it out one day at a time. We're all in this together, America. I believe in us. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah. the American way. <laughs> I agree, man. Got to keep living. Yeah, can't stop. Um, what do you uh, what you got going on in the near future? Um, what we do uh, have? Did you see any? Uh, did you hear, see about the Gotham PD show? You yeah, that? I think it's I think it's good for Matt Reeves. Um, Fuck yeah! I think it gives his uh, his Batman more weight because there's a lot of stuff going on around the Snyder Cut and. Oh my God, Ben Affleck's back as Batman. So it kind of puts things in the shadows, but um, it seems like it could be Gotham, but like in a serious way. Cause I was like, some of the stuff in Gotham was pretty good. I liked I, it. I agree. I agree. It was, it was a lot was good, but it wasn't my favorite show. And I didn't, I didn't like how it strayed. I didn't like the liberties it took, but that was just my opinion of yeah, it. That's something, yeah, like the liberties yeah. that it took with some of the characters, but um, like a show with, um, you know, a prequel. How how much more sense does that casting of Jeffrey Wright make now that there's a show about Gotham PD on HBO Max where he's you know been a star for for years on Westworld he's and uh, paid, and his other show now? Yeah. So I'm assuming Jeffrey Wright's a part of that like in some way. Um, um, but cool man, flush out the universe right? Like Gotham's a big place. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if if the rumors are true, if or if what everything I've read about it. Of the Batman being true, you know, it's the tech, the detective story. I think 
leaning in on on the the crime side of things is pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty baller move. I think yeah, but I think uh, I mean I like to poke jabs at Batman and how it's being milked out on mm-hmm. social media. Like I saw a meme and I just thought it was hilarious. It was like a picture of DC Comics uh, trying to milk a cow of Batman and it was just like anorexic. <laughs> so it's so weird, but they still like yeah. They're, they're st- they can't milk them. They can't get beyond a certain point, it seems. Like, I want to see the Batman who goes through three different Robins. Like, I want that sort of continuity. You know what? I want to see, like, what a life of crime fighting really does to a man. Because we've seen it all from different points in time. We've jumped around. You know, we've seen it from the very start. We've seen it from the very end in very f- various different forms. But I'd love to fucking just give one guy the shot, whether it's going to be Pattinson or whoever, to go from, you know year one or near to that and really take this fucker on a journey to Batman beyond or something, you know, yeah. that's just a wish. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. It's hard to lock an actor for 10, 10 years into something, but uh, yeah, it is, you know, and I think that's just kind of like, it's, it's almost kind of becoming like an industry expectation where you sign on for a role. You might be in that role for 10 years. You know, that's like 10 years of your life, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man, you know, now Michael Keaton, Oh man, dude! You know it's interesting too. This is something I was gonna say too. Um, what do you think? Do you think Tim Burton would come back to direct? Because mm-hmm. the way that I look at it is, because I know that they're still pretty good friends. Michael Keaton, he was in Dumbo. I don't know. Oh, Have you seen I didn't Dumbo? see it. It's okay, man. Um, Tim Burton been off. He's one of my favorite directors, but the last couple I've seen of his haven't haven't done yeah. much for me. I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, what it comes down to is, does he want to do it, you know? And if he doesn't want to do it, that's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. But have somebody who wants to do it, you know? If you have Batman yeah. Beyond directed by Tim Burton, you know, I mean, it could be on HBO Max or it could be... I mean, God, man, dude, that just seems too good to pass up in the theater, man. I would, <laughs> I would love to see that in the fucking theater. That'd be awesome. Batman Beyond. Hell yeah. What's the over and under on, uh, do you think... How, do you, how, surely we're going to see Keaton in the Batsuit at some point doing something. Do you maybe. think they de-age him, maybe, and give maybe. us, like, a dope action sequence? And- maybe, maybe, but, you know, the thing is, like, with Michael Keaton, and just based on, I mean, he doesn't even, that, that's the thing about where he is right now, with the character of Bruce Wayne being the age that he is, he doesn't have to. Now, if he did, that would be, oh, amazing. Yeah. But I'm not... Honestly, I'm not really like expecting to see him in the bat suit. I'm just kind of like if he's just in the bat cave, uh-huh. sitting on the computer talking to Terry McGinnis, uh-huh. that's more than enough for me. And seeing the uh, the '89 bat suit in the in the background, oh, oh my yeah, god, yeah, with yeah. the Batmobile, yeah. oh my god, uh-huh. you you yeah. give me that, I'm good. Oh, that's that's, great. that's more than enough for me, man. I don't need any yeah. more than that. I mean, oh, if I yeah. see him in the suit, the only thing like I would get off on is seeing him like like in the in the pilot of batman beyond when you see him like his last night as batman yeah you know and he just retires he just throws it up and then terry mcginnis comes in but whoever's whoever's gonna play that's a perfect gig for gig for uh keaton if he if he gets i mean dude how you got one location here you go here's your desk (laughs) we're gonna go through however many episodes or movies of dialogue here yeah and action tell him all this shit yeah i mean that's the cush Man, I wonder how much that deal is worth that he's getting for. Oh, to dude, come back he's, to he's worth it, bro. Because here's the thing: I mean, I'm not saying that Batman '89 is at the same capacity of Star Wars, but 
when you look at it, I mean, they made The Force Awakens 30 years later with the original cast. Right. And that movie made a grip load of money, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying that it's going to have the same effect, but... Well, from what I understand of Batman 89, it was very, it was a cultural event. Yeah. Like, it was everywhere. Oh, my God. You know, um, so I saw Batman 89 in the theater. I think it was last year. No, it was it. I went to the 30th anniversary screening of Batman 89. Ooh. Now, the only bad, it's so funny how I remember this. The guy next to me smelled like fucking shit, bro. Like he smelled like he hadn't showered in like 21 days. Uh, but let me tell you something, dude. When that scene came on where Bruce Wayne, when, when Batman's in the Batmobile with Vicky Vale and he's driving to the Batcave and the Descent into Mystery music is playing in the background. That is, oh, that, you know, that scene is only like one minute and 30 seconds long. It feels like a lifetime in a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I, oh, you want to talk about like suspense? Like, when he's just driving and then Vicky Vale is like trying to talk to him. And then there's this like that one shot where he's just driving and then you see him. He doesn't even, he can't, he, yeah, he, yeah. Can't, he can't turn his head, but he just looks. And then he just looks forward and he just keeps driving. Then the music blasts. I'm like, oh, oh, God, bro. I was having an orgasm in the theater, bro. Oh, my God, dude. It was so fucking good, dude. Mm. Oh, and then I saw Batman Returns. And I was, they were, so they, they were showing Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. And because it works, I couldn't go to Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. But I really, really wanted to see this. So. Oh, it's great. Oh, Descent into Mystery. I love that piece. That's one of my favorite pieces of music. Fucking love it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of fuckers feel the same about Batman 89. So, yeah. I mean, that's a brilliant move by them to... Yeah. Because that... And if Danny Elfman, people... if he composes the music for Batman Beyond... Okay, let's have to throw that out there. <laughs> Maybe somebody listens to that. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. No, you're yeah. good. No, uh, um, bring people back. You know, people that have been burned by DC movies in the past are, are going to want to come see Keaton because Keaton's like the gold standard everyone loves keaton yeah i mean he's still it's so hilarious to this day that he goes around on, on film sets and he, and he tells other actors i'm batman or you know it's because he is batman i know yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah he never let it go yeah and hence here he here he is he's back um excellent i fucking i'm i'm excited it's you know it's positive positive future for dc more so than any other of our previous podcasts where we've bitched about <laughs> problems in the DC yeah. DC movies. The yeah, future's, future's looking bright. Looking bright. Um, what did you think of, because um, we just had Birds of Prey come out. It's the last DC, DC oh, fair. that's right. Um, Wait, did that, holy shit. Birds of Prey came out this year, right? Yeah. Oh my God, bro. Wow. It feels like that movie came out five years ago. This quarantine is just really, did you see Birds of Prey? I did, I did. You know, bro, I, I liked it. I thought it was okay. Thought, there was stuff I really dug, and there was stuff I was like, yeah. But I also don't think I'm the target audience for it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. For me, it was serviceable. Mm. Like, it got the job done, but it, I wasn't on fire for it. Yeah, it was like was, a cool, like, it was like a tale on Gotham City type of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it was it was what it was, you know. Yeah. I, I couldn't take it, you know. I mean, just because you have that, you have the knowledge going in of everything that's happening with everything that is happening or the existence of the world like the world's kind of it's not established you know yeah right and so it's hard so the confusion about the jared leto and thing that that definitely hung hung yeah. over it in my opinion yeah like, but there's a lot of cool there's some cool stuff in there I, I thought the acting was pretty solid uh 
Black Canary was was my favorite. Black Canary. Uh, yeah. I, oh, um, oh Jerry, Journey, Journey Smollett. Is that her name? Yeah, I think Is she so. she related to Juicy? Jesse? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's pretty hot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, she was good in it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of cool things in it. Uh, some of the fight scenes in it were pretty fucking cool, mm, you know? Yeah. But, uh... You yeah. and McGregor chewed some scenery, man. He did a good job. He looked yeah. like he had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, It's bittersweet, though, because, you know... Think of the back of my head. You and McGregor and Ben Affleck's Batman, they met at some point. Yeah. They had interactions, and yeah. I'm sure Batman beat him up. <laughs> cool. That's a t- uh, That's why we need that that cohesive world of Batman, because there's just so many characters. Hey, speaking of you and McGregor, um, did you hear about Hayden Christensen? I did hear that. I did. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'll take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's. I'm positive. I think I've told you this before. Like I'm like dying to get him back in some form. And like either like I want to see either like a flashback to uh, some like journey they were like over the course of the Clone Wars. Like because they had I mean, if you've seen the cartoon, like they had years together um, um, forming that bond or some sort of like Obi-Wan like grappling with vader and his fight with vader and him returning as vader in some form or like seeing visions of him or stuff nightmares but i'd rather see like if he's gonna come back i'd like to see more of that obi-wan and anakin relationship that we saw you know at like the beginning of the revenge of the sith where things weren't so serious and you know they're just sort of being brothers in war which is what their relationship is all sort of based on um so yeah i'm all for it give me give me there was a Someone made a, a fan fan edit of that, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, the end of Rise of Skywalker, when uh, Ray holds the lightsabers up. I gotta find this. Um, it's basically she she. It's Palpatine shooting the lightning at her. She as she stands up in the background, the fucking Jedi appear. Um, it's a uh, Luke, Obi Wan, Yoda, and Anakin, and. Uh, during as soon as she uh holds up the second one and says oh, i'm oh the jedi they all hold their hands up behind her mm-hmm. and give her a little boost mm-hmm. um see if i can find this shit i've sent this to my buddy before um but yeah dude i think hayden hayden is anakin skywalker anakin skywalker is the most important person in the star wars saga yeah. he's the chosen one yeah he, he deserves respect check this out so she gets her lightsaber. This is good old Rides of Skywalker. Look in the background. It's subtle. Um, but then we cut to the mall. Is this a fan edit? Yeah, this is a fan edit. Someone put all the all the the Jedi that have become one with the Force in the back there. Almost like uh, you ever see Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. You know when Gohan defeats Cell and Goku's like essence comes and helps him. I'm not too familiar oh, with shit. that. But. Well, <laughs> Dragon Ball fans, I got you, bro. I got you. You guys understood that. But, um, I used to play this with like Budokai. Yeah, yeah. Budokai. yeah those games were fun, dude. Fuck yeah. So she's holding them back. They're sort of like just there. Um, I'm surprised people haven't said release the Abrams cut. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they have, except it's the Lucas cut. That's what everyone wants to know. That's the new. That's the newest hot rumor, that is uh, as 
going through Star Wars leaks Reddit is the the existence of a uh, a cut that was allegedly screened at uh, Lucasfilm on July third. They were very specific about this leak of a version of Rise of Skywalker that George Lucas like before they did the reshoots, a bunch of reshoots. Um, there was an Abrams cut and then a Lucas cut that apparently they tested with audiences. I don't know. This is all rumors and bullshit, but yeah. this is all just to say that George Lucas allegedly had a cut. And in this alleged George Lucas cut, Hayden Christensen had a scene with Daisy Ridley and they spoke. And and according to this leak, which is I find would have been cool, is like Leia died because she force projects herself to Kylo as well as Han and Luke and Anakin show up there as well in ghost form to talk to him. And that's what kills her. I don't know. It's all speculation, but yeah, we'll see, man. You know, I, you know, I will say this though. I think Daisy Ridley is, I I think she's very, very pretty. Now (laughs) when it comes to like, I get like my type of women that I like, Uh like that I'm attracted to Mm -hmm. is I like brunettes like her. Like I like, I love her. I man, she's very down to earth. She's very like honest, like kind, kind. She got kind eyes, which is um, you, you know, you couldn't. She does. She's not feisty like Leia in that way. She seems a little more kind. She has like a genuine quality about her. I think. Yeah. She, I mean, you know. Yeah, I just wish George Lucas would have had his stipulations and his contract with Disney before he sold them out. He would have just said, "Make my scripts." Or, you know, maybe people would have hated those, too. Maybe. But at um, least they would have hated Lucas's scripts. I know. You know people are going to hate no matter what. You know, that's right. Just, that's just the thing. But, um, you know, Disney's, for all the, you know, mistakes they've made, and I've, they've definitely made mistakes. They're yeah. definitely doing some cool stuff. Yeah, I'm open to Taika's Star Wars movie. Especially after seeing Thor Ragnarok. Well, how about you? Never seen the Mandalorian though, have you? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. I need to watch. Dude, I, dude there's so much shit. I have Get to on watch. Mandalorian, dog. Because yeah. he Taika directed a couple episodes. And yeah. Those were like if those are his auditions for Star Wars. I'm, I'm excited for his yeah. movie. Okay. It's gonna be great. Okay. Um. Wow, you haven't seen the Mandalorian all the way through. Yeah, yet? I haven't seen it all the way through yet. Oh. I need to get on it. Um. It's very like, it's um, and it's like a chapter sort of deal where not everything is like right in the middle of the main story there's he takes a couple side quests but towards the middle to the back half of it it's all like very deep like it goes the pace picks up Mm. um but they're all it's a very rewatchable show like all those episodes have their own uh i like the pace i like the music too i just felt like star wars i felt like authentic star wars and you know why i think that is um there's there's a documentary about the making of the mandalorian on disney plus and they it's like roundtable type discussion there's eight episodes of this of all the directors that worked on it and the and uh john favreau hosts it um because he's like the creator of the show and all that um just talking into like basically this show was inspired by the things that inspired george lucas like going back to like the the japanese uh the samurai films and the westerns and all that that is the essence of Star Wars is being inspired by those things and, and those mythologies versus where it seems like the the sequel trilogy was inspired by Star Wars as opposed to like the essences of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's very, that's why it's so, it feels so like hollow because it's like, it's like making a copy of a CD, a second mm-hmm. copy of a CD versus printing a 
a new one. Mm. It starts to lose its its quality because you're just you're referencing yourself too much. There's not enough new. Um, you know what I'm talking about? A little bit. You should check out that making of a uh, making a Mandalorian, Mandalorian after you after yeah. you fi- after you finish it because it's fascinating. Um, yeah, the technology. I've seen some of the technology that they've oh, built, like the dome. God, I can't you see that. Yeah, I'm dying to work on a set with a dome someday, bro. That yeah. that is the the final frontier. That's making that's that someday that guarantees the fact that someday they're gonna be shooting a giant like war battle scene in one of them domes, and it might just be one real person. And, you know, in a couple stunt guys fighting, but all around them, they're going to be, like, surrounded by, like, troops and, like, explosions and shit. And it'll be all there. And it's just, it's, like, prevent, uh, eliminating the need for, like, practical, uh, um, or trying to figure out, like, lighting in, in post-production, like, with visual effects, especially, like, um, like straight C- CG things, like, are hard when there's not, like, an environment to give them ground and weight to, um, mixing live action and CGI rather. So the dome allows you to like put them in the CGI environment already so they don't have that like little pasted in look. I don't know. It's very it's it's very much what George was uh was exper- was exploring yeah. when he was making the prequels with all the green screens. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when it comes to special effects, I like them to be as practical as they can be, mm-hmm. but um have you ever seen Pacific Rim? Yes. Dude, that's amazing movie like in terms mm-hmm. of the, the usage of cgi right that's a great great usage of cgi and uh yeah dude that's a fun one i could use more big monster movies in my life yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely i'm uh, the godzilla theories. yeah fingers crossed for for godzilla versus kong coming out all right I yeah did, uh... i'm not holding my breath honestly I, <laughs> I the last godzilla king of the monsters like i didn't really i tried to like it i couldn't mm-hmm. like it Godzilla 2014. Oh god, bro, that was a drag theater. <laughs> I couldn't I remember walking out of the theater so perplexed of what I just experienced. Like I was I I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed with Godzilla 2014. <laughs> so that when I saw King of the Monsters, I was like, "Okay, yeah. let me give it cuz I like Godzilla. I grew up on that shit." Yeah, same. Same thing, you know, just I couldn't couldn't get I couldn't get into it. You know, everything has to be at nighttime and oh god dude well that's that goes to show you like that's that's because cg is very hard to pull off in the bright wide open day I so know. you know maybe they need to figure out maybe not go back to suits totally but maybe some sort of amalgamation of suit and cg because they already do that now anyway with, with superhero movies in general like yeah, you know? so or anything it's just because so, the demand is so high you know like Enough with the story, the human story. Like, I get it, you need to have one, but sometimes I think they throw in a little too many unneeded complications. It's not about these fucking people. I want to see the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, agree. I want to see Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> Mecha Godzilla, um, King Ghidorah. I thought I, I really loved the portrayal of King Ghidorah, though, in that uh, King of the Monsters. Like, in yeah. terms of like, yeah, there's some cool a stuff real there. seeing that translated to real, like photo real, basically, versus you know after seeing the monster, the dude in the suit. Oh man, what a badass design for a creature! Like the three heads and shoot lightning out of his out of his mouth. It's mm-hmm. got that uh, the three the two pronged tail, just like dope fucking design of a thing. Oh, 
I did find it really interesting that they sort of, uh, because, you know, everything's got to have, like, the myth and the lore behind it for the shared universe. Mm -hmm. The shared universe of the Godzilla-verse now, where the people worshipped worshipped the Titans back in the back in the day, like sort of like ancient aliens-esque type of thing. Like they were the rulers of the earth. Like mm -hmm. they gave offerings to Godzilla and mm -hmm. uh, the other monsters. I think that that was a kind of that's a kind of cool thing. I wish they might I wish they would have leaned into that a little bit more. Yeah. You know, that's the thing, you know, I mean there's a lot of times it's like something that that's become like more evident for me is there's what fans think they want, and then it's like what they want. It's more of what they've seen before. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. So it's uh -huh. more like it's tough being a creator in uh, in that retrospect. You know, so <laughs> for sure, it's it sucks when something doesn't turn out. You know, as you'd intended. I mean, I I saw I went to WonderCon two years ago, and I saw a panel with the writer and director of the Godzilla and they showed footage and you know they were they're both really passionate dudes about Godzilla and the I can, and the I lore behind that. it um and even in 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 their panel it seemed like they were in their subtle ways saying that you know they're not the ones who called the shots at in the at the end of the day of what's in the movie um they were both pretty clear about that um that makes sense I don't know that's why I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But I wish <laughs> studios would get out of the artist's way sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But it's, I'm, I'm sure if I was in head of a studio, I'd be pretty pretty scared about throwing $100 million in anything yeah. right now, at least. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. But, uh, I am looking forward to that Snyder Cut, bro. Definitely, man. And we'll definitely have a discussion uh, after we've seen it. Or, you know, bro, I mean, we could, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to make, we can make it a movie night, you know? I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah. they'll have like a two-week uh, thing where they'll, um, they'll release it in theater. Well, well, it depends on what, what direction they go in, but uh, I would definitely, I'd watch it. I, I will not, I'll do the same thing like I did with the Irishman. I will not drink water or anything. The entire day, and I uh -huh. will sit through the fucking theater. Maybe they have an intermission. They need it. They should have bring that back a little bit. Have like a ten minute intermission. It's hard to snack during a movie and not have to pee. Yeah, I mean, dude. Like they give you those giant sodas. Like, what's the point of getting a large soda if you can't drink it? Yeah, it's so funny, know? man. I remember because like when Justice League came out, bro. This was November mm -hmm. twenty seventeen. I remember. I literally, I must have gone to the bathroom five times before the movie started. <laughs> because it's justice league you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. it's um you know it's justice league and uh i remember walking out of that theater and i just i didn't feel anything like i was just like like i felt like i just watched yeah man i don't know i think that proves i mean because I, I know jeff johns knows the justice league like i yes i've read does. his justice league run his new 52 run yeah. like i've read the whole thing up up through the defeat of dark side for the first time that was that was some great stuff okay. and, dude his superman i've read some of his superman stuff mm -hmm. he gets superman mm. period he gets superman so when i hear about him talking about his approach to superman i'm on team jeff johns in that right. retrospect why? Because I've seen what he does, and the artwork by Gary Frank on his Superman stuff with Brainiac and, um, um, like Last Sun. That's not that's not um, 
that's not Gary Frank. That's another. That's I think it's Adam Cooper. Uh, phenomenal artwork, bro. But Gary Frank draws Superman. It's so potent. It's so Superman. It's so good, man. Really good stuff. Yeah, Jeff Johns gets Superman, and I, I think he gets a lot of superheroes. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm on Team Jeff Johns. I'll say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know is is what's he what's he doing now? What's his is he out is he out of Warner? I think he's still at Warner Brothers. Still Warner. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that didn't work out. Have you seen uh, Stargirl? No, I have not. Yeah, it's interesting. Is it interesting? Uh, yeah, I'm I was like, always a little. I was like, eh, uh, she looks like Captain America to me. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, this. Um, it's it's kind of like it, to me, I would say it's like Birds of Prey, where it's serviceable. You know, it's watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some choices in there that I wouldn't take. Um. It's it's cool to watch. There's some there's some it's interesting stuff. The production value on it's pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I what I but the reason why I bring that up is because um, because of that show, I actually have an interest now for the JSA, the Justice Society of America. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really too too familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But, They're uh, encountered in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. there's a at least two episode arc, if not a three, of yeah, they, being in the past with the JSA. Okay, yeah, because like they they um. There's the old JSA and then there's the mm-hmm. new JSA that they introduce in the show. And so there's a lot of cool stuff like they, they reference uh, Jake Garrett, the, the original Flash, huh. Alan Scott, Wildcats, all the all those guys, Our Man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I checked it out just because I know it, you know, and it means a lot to Jeff Johns because it's, I don't know if do you know who it's about. No. Okay, so I'll break this down for you. So Jeff Johns, uh, he had a sister named Courtney who uh, died in a, in an accident i don't know i think it might have been like a like a space shuttle accident or something like that what no shit like really yeah so his he lost his sister very like a long time ago uh, and he named this character courtney uh whitmore based on his sister courtney wow and so she's star girl so um jeff johns produced star girl so it's his like passion project it's his baby uh-huh and so for that reason i decided to just check it out yeah like, you know i like jeff johns i uh-huh. really love his comic book stuff and i decided to give it a chance first episode i really liked it um i i, I don't I, I haven't read any of the comics so i don't know how much it's based off of it, but um uh, it's watchable you know if you got you know teen girls and you want to get them on something mm-hmm. that'd probably be something to go on but you know well i appreciate that dude because yeah. you know sometimes you know, we overlook stuff that we might enjoy because, you know, for whatever reason, like I remember seeing a commercial for Lord of the Rings when it first came out when I was a kid. I was like, oh, that looks stupid. Uh, ended up being one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hearing hearing a backstory like that, like, yeah. shit, that sounds worth checking out. You, you know, see what I'm because, saying? Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I can imagine what, I mean, I know what it takes, how hard it is to fucking shoot a 15-minute short film right. in the city. I can't imagine trying to get a story based on your sister off the ground, like, and then that ended up being a TV show. That's yeah. Prop to him for yeah, that. They shot that in uh, Atlanta, and uh, yeah, oh. it's it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. And you know, it's uh, it's interesting to see somebody in comic books work in television, and, you know, make that transition and doing films. And yeah, I think he went to school in Michigan. I think so. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anything going on with the, in the Mr. Coker's neighborhood? Well, right now, I'm pretty much just 
taking care of myself right now. Neighborhood's uh, on lockdown, huh? Yeah, the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood is in quarantine right now. I, uh, yeah, I had some stuff going going down with that, but uh, you know, I watched now. the uh, the owner of uh, Collector's uh, Paradise. Collector's Paradise. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he was an interesting, dude. He's the coolest guy. That guy. If you ever wanted that, what was his name again? Edward Greenberg. Edward Greenberg. He is uh, a really cool dude. The fact that he wanted, that fact that he agreed to do the podcast with me, uh, yeah, he's the owner of a Collector's Paradise. Uh, super, super cool guy. Where's that? North Hollywood. It's in North Hollywood. It's uh, you and I. We have to. You know what we can do? Maybe uh, after our hike, we can check it out. I think I don't know if they're open on Monday. I think they're open on Monday. Um, really cool staff. They have a great selection of comic book novels. Uh, comic book. Stuff they open there. right now. Uh, I think they. I mean, like, like, oh, like oh, overall, like, are they like, like, they like people, oh, just curbside? Do they, they don't let people walk uh, think, in and peruse I can, anymore? I think you can walk in store, and uh. they, yeah, I think they're you can walk in store. You just gotta wear a mask, but um, yeah, super cool guy. Mm. Um, I really, yeah, really, really cool guy. I love, love it. Green. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. seemed really nice. Yeah. Very informative. Well, thanks for checking uh, that out, man. Yeah, dude, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I always leave you a like. Yeah, I man. got you. I got you on the thumbs up. Thank you, brother. Uh, any, anytime, man. Anytime. Um, Likewise, man. So, in, in the meantime, uh, did you say you were part of the uh, the AWS show with uh? Uh, I yes. Did you that, record a role? Uh, I did. Uh, I think it was there was a one that I did called the choice, and it was with Monica Mero, uh, Marsha. God forgive me, I forget her last name, and Ruth Brandt. Uh, I did that, and I had like a little uh, part in that. So that was something to keep me busy. But uh, but all I'm doing right now, bro, is I'm just preparing. I'm, I'm getting everything in order. I mean, here, here's the thing. I know this p- pandemic has been, 2020 has been a really bad year for a lot of people. 2020 vision. But for me, it's been pretty good for the most part. Like, I mean, I'm debt free. Paid down all of my debts. Hell yeah. Everything. It's Congratulations. A, it, it's been a, a reset button, you uh-huh. know? And all I'm doing right now is I'm just preparing for 2021. That's pretty much it. I'm yeah. just, you know, film, acting, producing, and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, that's all you can do. You know, you just prepare. You know, this shit's going to end, folks. Okay. The Spanish flu, everything, it all, it always passes. You know, we're just going through it. It's just our time to go through it you know mm. it is what it is it is what it is indeed um but um so back to that like the official aws like production zoom production yeah. are you going to be in that because i just recorded a. yeah I, I, i'm I not going to be on it but i will it. i will check it out oh got you okay yeah um are you, you in it yeah i just uh we recorded that on thursday i'm in uh i'm in a play called uh well it's a bunch of one act plays okay all recorded over Zoom together. Um, each directed? individually directed by oh. individual directors. So uh, mine was directed by uh, Charles Philip Moore. Okay. Who was a uh, he's he's a writer and director. He's had a long uh, history in the industry. Has uh, wrote a wrote a movie called uh, what's it called? What's it called? Demon Wind. Okay. It's a it's a B movie horror movie. I haven't seen it yet, but there's a slash film article okay. that said. The best, worst, and craziest horror movie you've never seen is now streaming, and it's about this movie in depth called okay. Demon Wind. So, okay. nice. if, if you ever if you ever get a chance, check it out. He was a great director, though. He was very like uh, 
great actress director like uh allowed us uh me and sean bedgood were the two uh really the two uh, two leads yeah me too Uh, he's he's great um so he allowed us a lot of room to explore our characters and then all of his notes were very much based on what we already brought to the role which is what i you know i appreciate he didn't try to Something I wanted to compliment you on. Uh, I don't think we got a chance to talk about this, but uh, I saw your performance with Bonnie on Taboo, and I thought you were fantastic, bro. Oh, thank you, brother. I thought, I, I literally, you know, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, obviously we do the similar work and how we exercise the art and that type of stuff. Um, but I, when I saw you perform, because, and I think, I think that might have, I think the approach to that is because uh i didn't see any of you i didn't see you do repetitions before like because i've done a show before you Mm -hmm. know and you can see how people prepare for that so me being in the audience not seeing you do any behind the scenes stuff really pulled me in more into what you were doing and i and it wasn't even acting to me like i really felt like you were the character and you were living and i was just so fucking proud i was like wow dude you were so good in that, man. Dude, like, seriously, you. bro. Like, I was like, wow. I was really blown away. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I was like, wow. I was really blown away. I was like, damn, you're a great actor, man. You bastard. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Come on my show. <laughs> but I, I, just, thought, that, I just thought it was Thank great. You. And, you know, Bonnie was great. And then um, Irene. She was Mama. great. That was, that was a one of the that was the best acting experience of my life i would say um mm-hmm. everything that went into the preparation of that um the finding that's like because you know El, we, we danced elvis at the start of it like that was all something that came from just us discussing like our lives like elvis i was raised to be a huge elvis fan my dad okay. the most diehard elvis fan that's ever walked this earth had so much stuff um i grew up um i'd steal my grandma had like a lot of like flowy like asian type clothes with like scarves and stuff she she ran a chinese restaurant um so i would steal them dress up put the rings on and then go pop elvis tape in the in the the tv and pretend to sing so we used uh so with that in mind we were like oh shit mom's coming home we're big elvis fans together we're gonna be dancing to blue suede shoes um and we even had the picture of elvis up there like that was a that was a great, you know, it was a cool thing. Like it was very easy to buy in yeah. because, you know, I had that, that deep connection already there with like right. so dad and Elvis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And oh then, man, that's just so good, dude. Thank you. It was, oh, I it just, was... I loved it. You know, like it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, you know, to do the work, but then uh, I feel like there's just a deeper level of appreciation that goes into it when you see your peers do a show that you had nothing to do with because i didn't have anything to do with taboo although i oh it was funny because um i think i was almost close because tanya wrote that piece right right yeah so i think if it was in my aware i like i was in my awareness to do that but i i mean obviously i didn't do it but um but to see but to do the work that we do and and to see your peer uh do that really deepens the level of appreciation for the art itself you know Mm. so yeah man it's fun to watch people get like it's very much a it's sort of a privilege to be in class with people while they go you know they they do their work because you're getting up close like it's it's like 
the best sort of school there is to right. see like people someone right in front of you having this like really v- emotional like experience it's extreme yeah um, I'll, I'll tell you this man the next time because we will be doing shows again in the future mm-hmm. when there is a show that you had nothing to do with and you see like and you know that it's the way how we learn things you're gonna have that moment that i had when i saw you on stage because i was like holy shit because i it, to me it made sense and then i realized you guys we do the same type of work you know we mm-hmm. work the same way but because of i mean i i had no idea what i was gonna walk into watching that show i mean i knew what the theme was yeah but i didn't know the stories or the plot lines so it it it, it, it just hit me all on just one yeah it was just wow man that was my favorite piece. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it was a wild, wild, wild thing. Um, yeah, that was this know, year, and, right? Yeah. Jeez, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, went through a lot with that show. Mm-hmm. That's great. I had a fun time. Um, so the next show, though, I mean, I'm. It's not. It's a Zoom. It's something that you'll be able to watch for free over the internet at any time. Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm thinking it comes out next Monday. So this podcast gets released on Monday okay. the twenty uh no Monday the uh twentieth. Monday the twentieth. So the twenty seventh, I believe it'll be up online to watch. Um at the Actors Workout Studio website. Um, oh wonderful. I will have to check that out. So who's in it? Who's in um, it's you and Well, there's a bu- I think there's Right, eight six to eight different pieces. Um oh. all different writers. Um but me and Sean are in this directed by by chuck moore um written it's called roses are scary written by the great roger gutierrez um, oh. so it was, it was a really nice little uh oh. cir- cir- closing the circle okay, to now come i back. have to watch it uh, roger, roger, <laughs> roger the uh the lead of of the the upcoming model citizen um it was it was a great pleasure i love roger he is such a he's a good man i yeah, he is i love uh he is a He's like an old good soul of, of AWS. Like I, he's been going there for years, you know, but he's, um, I love that man. He's a great guy. Good guy. I do too, man. He gave yeah. me, he gave me so much. I'm so grateful for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was great. It was great to bring his words to life and uh, try to do them some justice because fucking took mine and made, made beauty with them. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm, uh, I got coming up that uh the Zoom thing, um and I'm gonna check mo- that out. Model Citizen coming soon. Mm-hmm. Working away. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jay Bird in the building. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, well, dude. Thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, uh, brother man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for coming by. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, air bump, air elbow, elbow bump. <laughs> <laughs> um. Till next time. This was a uh, words of Jay Bird, everybody. Catch him on uh, Mr. Mr. Coker's Neighborhood on YouTube. Definitely. And uh, Twitter and Instagram.com slash. Uh, Mr. Coker. M-I-S-T-E-R-K-O-C-H-E-R. M-I-C-E-R-K-O-C-H-E-R. All right. Bye, buddy. Till next time. Peace.